Retief, Magnan wailed from his perch on a ledge in the cave wall. I'm scared. Certainly, Mr. Magnan, Retief replied from his seat on a boulder. You'd be a damn fool if you weren't. Do something, quick, Magnan urged. Nothing rash, of course. Why, if you were killed, I'd be here all alone with that. With that thought in mind, how can I fail? Retief said. Gracious, Magnan lamented. How did an inoffensive diplomat like myself come to find himself, er, myself, that is, in such a situation? Don't you remember, Mr. Magnan? You volunteered. Why, how in the world did you know, uh, ever get a silly idea like that? Since I was stuck with the detail as project officer, Retief pointed out, I made it my business to know what was happening. If you had carried on in strict accordance with regulations, your paperwork would have kept you too fully occupied to bother with details like personal, uh, intervention, Magnan rebuked mildly. But then, of course, that was too much to expect. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blackberg. And tonight we're talking about the first page of Retief and the Pangalactic Pageant of Pulchritude by Keith Laumer, published in 1986. And this is a listener suggestion from our friend Declan McCarthy from the Library of Alien Rosie on Twitter. And joining us tonight is Zach Hanlon. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> Are any of us familiar with Retief, the Retief series? I, I am not, but that name makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every time you look at it, you want to say relief, but it's Retief. Mm -hmm. I, I actually apologize. I should have checked. I don't know if that's an actual, like, legitimate name in a different, in uh, a non-English language that I'm suddenly making fun of. If your name is Retief, I apologize. I, I'm the jerk, but it just, like... I didn't realize, like, it annoyed me having to read that at first. <laughs> um, I will say, according to uh, Wikipedia, it is Afrikaans. Oh, gosh. Then I definitely, I definitely apologize. I definitely apologize. I have <laughs> I have, I have a friend who spoke, uh, who grew up in South Africa, and she could speak Afrikaans. Um, yeah, so I, I, I do an objection, cheerfully withdrawn. <laughs> An Afrikaans surname common among the descendants of French Huguenots in South Africa. Um, which apparently, according to, again, this blurb on Wikipedia, Lomer just sort of uh, dug up out of his subconscious without really thinking about it in any way. I, I saw somewhere that uh, Retief was chosen because it is fighter uh, backwards uh, by syllable, essentially, <laughs> uh, which is uh, something. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so that's a, that's a note by uh, Algis Budras. Noted science fiction author. Uh, yes, I have never read any of these stories. I feel like I had. It sounds familiar. Everything about this sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever read any Keith Lomer on purpose. <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've read. Like I used to read just like you know, like anthologies of like golden age science fiction. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure there was a story of his in one of those uh, that I read. Uh, but I've never read the Retief stories, and I, I like, I, I don't even think I've read enough of Lomer to say like, oh, like this is Lomer's deal, you know, like, gi like, give me a paragraph of Cordwainer Smith, and I could tell you, you know, 
well, who, who wrote it and, you know, potentially when. Uh, but this, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So do you guys like this? This, this, uh, <laughs> it, it just sort of read like, like bog standard. Um, if I'd picked up a sci-fi paperback in a used bookstore and read the first page, this would like, like the odds of the page being, this would be, you know, about one in 10. I don't know. It, uh, mm-hmm. like it was, like it was much more immediately like, okay, I understand what's going on here. I get who's the hero. I get who's like the, the cowardly guy. I guess I get the tone. It's supposed to be kind of funny. I'm pretty sure that there will be like uh, large-breasted women coming in at some point. Just it has that vibe of like, oh, he's very much the ladies' man later on, mm-hmm. and there will be monsters and stuff. Um, it pops. Like I, I will give it. It's like uh, it. It starts in uh, in media res, so you know, bully for them. Um, yeah, it wasn't like it was very like you said. It was like it feels familiar, even though I definitely haven't read any. I don't think I've read any <laughs> Lomer myself, but uh, it definitely feels familiar right off. Yeah, well, it's also very, like, it's written in that broadly sketched way that almost seems more at home in a comic or a cartoon. I mean, particularly the, like, written out, like, stuttering, I'm I'm scared. <laughs> I feel like that was, there was, like, a genre of pulp sci-fi that did that. Like, oh, this is comedy. So, like, mm-hmm. like that that's part of the familiarity is that idea of, like, very broad archetypes, very broad jokes. Yes, broad it's good <laughs> yeah uh yeah no i you know it's funny uh it, it's always interesting to me from like a metacognition level to see like how i feel about a book the first time i read it versus how i feel about it when i'm actually like hearing it out loud or reading it out loud and like i did not when when reading this to myself today i did not pick up on the like absence of uh said mm-hmm. as a, a perfectly reasonable uh verb Everything is like Magnan wails, urges, laments. Uh, oh, that's so pulp. <laughs> Rebukes. That's so pulp. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and like, I don't know if it's, it, it is funny. Cause like you said, like, like it, it definitely gives you, it, it teaches you how to read it. Right. It's like, okay, like, uh, they're going to get into trouble and Retief is going to, you know, at least get himself out, uh, like, you know, like I, I just picture him in this scene, just like smoking a pipe almost or just mm-hmm. being like, like he, he's fine. Um, and like, we're not, we're not even talking about like the monster. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like the issue in this book isn't going to be, um, like him fighting monsters so much as like him dealing with like annoying people, uh, who, who may or may not be human. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure annoyance is a pan species, uh, attribute. Uh, yeah, bog standard. It also feels like a cold open. It also has that feeling that a lot of mm-hmm. books in that area, like 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 TV shows, have cold opens where you have a scene that doesn't necessarily have directly tie into what happens next, but you're just like just to give you a sense of what this is going to be. Like I'm sh- I, like like there I don't I couldn't guarantee that this what happens next wouldn't have relevance to the plot, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised. It was just an opening scene to give you an establish to establish who Retief is, to show how cool he is mm-hmm. and how competent and what he does, and then we jump into the main plot, which may or may not connect back to this eventually. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's ex- a- a- excellent uh, point. Like with the title of such uh, obvious uh, humor <laughs> as the what a pageant of pan galactic the pan galactic pageant of pulchritude. Oh, okay. Uh, 
Uh, oh god, I'm an idiot. It's a beauty pa- Oh, it's a oh god, I'm an idiot. Anyways, it's like right there on the cover too. Yeah. Okay. Uh but but like yeah, the fact the fact that this is about like a beauty pageant and we don't open up with that like we open up with like an unrelated adventure definitely has a like like oh, we've we're, we've ended this episode. Uh doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know why I decided to make this a Doctor Who spin-off, but um <laughs> yeah. It definitely has that like oh, the, like the continuing adventures. I mean, and and again, maybe this is just the cover. Uh, which I did look at uh, at some point when reading this, but like the the tagline on this is "Only Retief can save us now." So I'm like, okay, like this is not a first Retief book. It's actually one of the later ones, apparently. Yeah. Hmm. So here's a quick thing about the cover that I discovered again, Wikipedia diving. the uh, The image of Retief on the cover. A apparently Laumer was always dissatisfied with these covers because he didn't want Retief to be blonde, um, but the character itself is modeled after a specific actor, and I couldn't see it until I looked it up. I was like, apparently he's modeled after Corbin Burnson. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see it the minute yeah. you hear it. Yeah. Wow. You know, for, for those of us old enough to <laughs> know what a young Corbin Burnson looks like. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Hmm. Well, uh, did did you did you look up any other covers? No, but I'm going to right now, actually. Yeah, like the 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 Wikipedia article on Retief features a lot of the original magazine covers, but not the the novel. I'm just curious. Yeah, very much like a space James Bond in all these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that honestly, that would have been my guess without even looking it up. Was just I don't know why I just had that vibe. Oh God. Oh yeah, some of these are like I think are very much clearly modeled on like a like a bond. Yeah. I do like the one there there's one where he's lighting a cigar or a cigarette using a laser uh pistol. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And oh gosh, the tagline on this is nobody does it better. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. Okay. Yeah. I also like uh the cover of Retief of the C D T where he's like it's a very small image, so I have trouble getting the details, but like he's straightening his tie or like drinking a cocktail or something in front of the carcass of some massive alien sandworm thing. And it's just a very well composed cover. Yeah, these are some cool looking covers. Yeah. <laughs> uh boy, yeah, this is uh the galaxy's only two fisted diplomat returns. How do you spell Retief? Answer Conquering Hero. <laughs> I will say that's a cool idea for a character to have like a, a diplomat conquering like I like to that's 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 that's, that's pretty cool mm, an action diplomat yeah action diplomat <laughs> like I, I I did also like you know because I had that question of like did I read any Lomer before uh, like I did look this up and like he was a diplomat mm-hmm. after his uh, uh, military service and so I, I kind of like that idea of just like it's very much Oh God! What is the name? Uh, sorry. There's this one. Uh, this one British spy. Oh man. Uh, okay. Is it James Bond? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, no. It's it, it was a, I think a friend of his, uh, Eric Frank Russell. Um. So yeah, Eric Frank Russell. I, I believe. I I I I may be getting some of this uh wrong, but I think he was a spy, and he had this idea that like. Uh, he, he, uh, so he's a British spy and he's thinking about like how to 
um, destabilize Japan. As you do. Mm -hmm. As you do. Uh, during World War II. Uh, <laughs> I should say, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's 1980 and he's just thinking, uh, you know, like, yeah. Um, and he's thinking about how to destabilize Japan and he comes up with this plan to like, he's like, hey, if we just like do some cosmetic surgery on some spies and drop them in and just have them do sabotage, <laughs> like you don't have to like invade with an army. You can just like paralyze uh, a war effort with just like, uh, you know, his, uh, his, his metaphor was for this was like, um, a wasp in your car, mm -hmm. like oh, a wasp is no match against a car, but if it's inside the car, then it can crash the car. <laughs> uh, and so like, that was like, I think he literally wrote up like this plan and they never put it, uh, into practice. So he just wrote up, he just wrote it up as a novel where <laughs> like a, a human spy is invading this like imperial, uh, alien, uh, empire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once I hit uh, uh, Imperial Empire, you know I'm going to be fried for the rest of the the podcast. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like so, like he has this idea, and he, like he can't put it into practice, so he just writes a novel. And I wonder how much of that is like Lomer's, just like like oh, this this one this one time I couldn't do something because of like red tape, and like let me just like you know write that out as a story. Yeah, according to according to the Wikipedia, like a lot, a lot, a lot of this series is Retief dealing with just the dumbest bureaucrats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, which is also probably a lot of, uh, uh, like, you know, the, the fantasy of like, oh, if only I could mm -hmm. tell these people what I really think about them. Yeah, interestingly... Oh, oh go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, actually, you were probably going to say something that was connected to what he just said, so please continue. Mm, probably not, but... Um, <laughs> interestingly, the thing that this reminds me of most is the Valerian and Loreline comics, which are also about a couple of agents dealing mostly with extremely dumb bureaucrats. Um, and also very much in this, like, again, like, broad, pulpy comic style and with this sort of satirical sense of humor. And, like, that really clicked with me when I was, like, seeing how he was in the foreign service and, like, oh, there's a certain sort of, like, european flavor behind this i think like specifically of that era of like dealing with people from a lot of different countries or in the case of science fiction species and like having to deal with all of their foibles and diplomatic needs and having to put that before actually getting things done which i think is a lot of what uh the satire is in this concept yeah, it, I mean, it is a. I don't think I would necessarily. I mean, not to not to uh, jump ahead, but I don't think I would necessarily read more of this. But it is that is a perfectly interesting and uh, compelling concept for a for a series like the diplomacy of alien races is always going to be a thing that I'm I'm down for. Um, well, I guess specific, not specifically in this case, apparently not. But no, like exceptionally. <laughs> uh, no, I was all, all I was going to say before is that it's interesting. Just looking at this page, you just see like. Um, I don't think there's a there's a paragraph that's more than two sentences long. Like this, like it's all just, and it's all like a lot of it's dialogue. It's just like mm -hmm. when you pick up something like this, it's very clearly like, yeah, you're just supposed to. This should take you like an hour and a half to read. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a book that's just going to be like, mm -hmm. um, it's it's a kind of science fiction that that uh, my dad reads like tons of these days. Um, he uh, he's big on uh, <laughs> just getting. He talks a lot about how he just gets he has a Kindle. 
and he just gets like a he has a subscription to like a service that just gives him a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and so he'll just read like all these books and it doesn't really matter that much if they're good or bad he just reads everything um generally not great stuff but like as long as it's like has a good pace to it and it's always like remembering that like this used to be like a cottage industry of that there were just all these writers that could make a living just doing this kind of thing where it wasn't necessarily like I I don't I don't know Lomer Lomer enough to uh to say whether or not he was good or not from this page I would have to say is he's probably competent like there's probably some and like a, given that there's like a comic book adaptation of these books apparently mm-hmm. uh, and given that they've re- reprinted I'm sure they're not terrible um but like there's kind of a mid level to it that um mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem to really exist in the same way anymore but um yeah that first it was very striking just first page it's like oh this is just i i i like look at it and i've read it like, yeah it's just, just mm-hmm. whoop, done all right mm-hmm. yeah it's it's interesting like so very often on this show we like hit the page and we're like okay this is all background or like okay we're going through this like you know set up and how long till we actually get to a character and this is the opposite of that in like a sort of monkey's paw kind of way. Which <laughs> is like, oh, okay, all character, all dialogue, all the time. And it's also very clearly like you are supposed to know who these people are. Mm-hmm. And even not having read any Retief books or ever even having heard of Retief before, I know basically who Retief is. Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of like that's the that's the the plus you get mm-hmm. from dealing with these sort of like types is that like even just looking at the cover, like, oh, okay, I know what this is, what this says on the label, it's going to deliver. Cool. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mr. Magnet will tell you everything you need to know about him by the end of this page. <laughs> yeah. Both in terms of his personality and uh, his his agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, was not planning it this way, but I like, it's funny, also one thing about reading out loud, uh, I find, especially as I do a lot of that to my five-year-old is that like, uh, I only like to do uh, a range of a few voices. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is either helped or hindered by the fact that I haven't been on stage for improv in uh, a year or three. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's sometimes when I'm reading, I will find that um, the character who speaks the most will also match whatever the narrator's voice is that I'm doing Mm -hmm. just because like it's easiest. Um, but also sometimes cause like, I feel like it in kind of like that Jane Austen sort of free and direct discourse sort of way, like the, the the person who is speaking the most is also a little bit the narrator, uh, in some ways. And I definitely feel like Retief and the narrator here are like in close cahoots. Mm -hmm. Like everything Retief does is going to turn out well eventually. Right. And everyone he finds ridiculous is going to be shown to be ridiculous, which is really, I don't know, that's the part where I'm just like, I don't know, I, I, I find myself reacting a little negatively to this. Um, this otherwise bog standard, like, okay, like, he's the hero, let's get on with it, uh, sort of first page. Where I'm just like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a little too easy for him. It's too easy for this, this Corbin Burnson looking guy. <laughs> yeah, it does feel very, and I mean, we haven't even mentioned the the whole uh, we did mention James Bond earlier, but there's mm-hmm. very much a, oh God, it's not escapism. It's, um, you're supposed to be fantasizing that you're this guy, like, um, mm-hmm. power fantasy. Yeah. And it's very specific mm-hmm. who would fantasize themselves as this person. It's a very definite audience is like, who is, who is going to imagine themselves as Retief. Um, and it's like, yeah, that's sort of, 
it's kind of the, always the downside of pulp. If you were, if you want mm-hmm. something more than just what what it says on the wrapper, you're you're probably not going to get it necessarily. Like the really good stuff, you will. Like there is pulp out there that is that is very mm-hmm. surprising and does interesting things. But like this, this does not appear to be like nine times out of ten, you're going to read this and you know, like you said, the cowards are going to be cowards. Retief is going to be cool, handle everything, and mm-hmm. and yeah, that's not necessarily something that I I, I need in my life. Yeah, like. There's one thing, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, uh, but like in Indiana Jones, uh, one of the, the things that I think makes that so resonant to, I'll just say me, <laughs> I don't want to make claims for other people, but like the fact that he is, like people point out like, oh, like Indiana Jones is like really interesting because of like this, They're like, because he's such a nerd or like this, but like <laughs> the fact that he like <laughs> barely makes it through so many things yeah. that he's like mm-hmm. constantly uh, on the back foot uh, makes him very engaging in a way that like, I think a lot of lesser writers would be like, Oh, like you want to see someone who's, who's kicking ass. And it's like, well, like we actually probably relate. Well, again, I relate more to the guy who's like barely holding on. Mm-hmm. Wait, have we reached the therapy portion of the episode? yet? <laughs> I mean, that's, there's, there was a shift in pop culture idols and you mm-hmm. could do that like in terms of, but like there's indie and there's also, there's that very famous thing about Die Hard where the, one of the reasons that Die Hard was so mm-hmm. striking is that John McClane wasn't this big muscle guy. He was a guy who like was afraid of heights and he mm-hmm. got his feet all cut up and he got bruised and got the, the crap kicked out of him. But no, yeah, I completely agree. That's one of the reasons indie is so great is that like the first, the first sequence of, of an Indiana Jones movie, he loses. <laughs> um he survives but he loses and like he gets his butt kicked and like mm-hmm. this this is a guy who you like there there was an era of pulp where i feel like you just you didn't like the the point was that they were all perfect and that nothing was going to affect them and then we changed then it kind of shifted mm-hmm. and i don't yeah you don't you don't really have faith reading this that like it's going to be a situation where retief has to learn valuable lessons <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it's interesting seeing that this is often referred to as satire because like on the one hand, yeah, it's, it's obviously a send-up of international bureaucracy, but, like, you sort of have to wonder if there's much to the the satirical elements beyond aren't bureaucrats dumb, <laughs> given just how broad it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, still like, a sort of... I guess self-satisfied, I keep using that word, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not going to give you if I read a book about diplomatic relationships with other alien species and stuff, I want at least a little nuance in it to make it interesting as opposed to everyone else is an idiot. And we just have to kind of manipulate them until they stop being idiots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it'd be, I'd be curious to, I mean, this is obviously a long running series, so who knows? Maybe there is a little bit more going on, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Along those lines, I wonder if maybe we would respond a little more positively to earlier. Uh, like the like the earlier stories. Mm. Like I wonder if as he went on and like, you know, as his service <laughs> as as he mined certain uh specificities of his service in the diplomatic corps, and like um yeah, like m- maybe the earlier stories had a little bit more nuance or specificity or sharpness to their satire. Uh I don't know. That's a wild guess. No, nothing to back that up. Um, I did want to... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, it's not a bad guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a bad guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did want to go back to this cover, though, just for a, a moment. Mm-hmm. 
they do something here which I always enjoy when 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 people do and and it's like the classic you know how in, in uh, <laughs> or I love this like uh, Zach uh, I don't know if you know but there's a show called Star Trek um, <laughs> and uh, um, well it's just funny you, you know how people have pointed out that like uh, Next Generation did this a lot uh, and I think maybe the original series sometimes uh, where like someone would say like oh well like you know like what happens with dictators like you know and then they would give like two real historical examples and then like one made up example yeah. from like mm-hmm. the yeah. 21st or 22nd century yeah um like i like i have that feeling here where it's like oh it's a like it's a beauty pageant there's miss tara who's like clearly recognizable as a human woman in a beauty pageant and then there's like the aliens around them like also wearing sashes with uh some unreadable uh sigils and it's like okay like like it it's <sighs> I don't know. It's it 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 is a nice shorthand, I guess, which is also what we've been talking about with the text that like like it gets right to the point. Like yeah, we're at a yeah. alien beauty pageant. I did just realize uh looking at this cover that what I thought was like a droopy curtain in the background is another contestant <laughs> because there is a yes. sash across. Yes. Oh wow. That is, oh, that's cool. I didn't see? notice that either. That's great. That is that is good. Okay. I'm convinced. I'll try it. Now we're sold. <laughs> yeah, it's a clever cover. Yeah. I mean, th- this goes back to our, like, love of old covers. Yeah. Uh, on the show. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, with um, Atari video games where the cover would always be, almost be, like, better than anything inside it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this is the kind of series, I think, where I'd be curious to see or to just browse, like, a wiki of the plots that was, like, more detailed than what's actually on Wikipedia, but not so detailed that it would take me more than 10 minutes mm-hmm. right yeah yeah it does kind of remind me of when we went through the the titles of the dark shadows tie-in novel <laughs> uh where it's like curse of the mummy curse of the yeah like like what's what's going on in each of these uh it is funny and kind of disappointing that this appears to be the only one with a really weird title like most of them are like Retief's War, Retief and the Warlords, mm. Retief of the CDT. And this is the only one that gets to be Retief in the Pangalactic Pageant of Pulchritude. Uh, can I make a confession? When I first glanced at this, when you when you sent me this in an email, mm-hmm. the Pangalactic made me think of Pangalactic Gargle Blaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually briefly thought that it was some sort of a sort of like a um oh god, uh fudge. Um Kurt Vonnegut's uh, alter ego, what is his name in the book? Kil- Kilgore Trout. Kilgore Trout, like a Kilgore Trout situation where somebody had taken the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster and did a novel about it or something. <laughs> and then I looked at it I'm like, no, no, it's just Pan Galactic, which is a perfectly cromulent word that uh, that like <laughs> that happens in like is a definitely in a lingu- it Just that mm-hmm. was the thing that was in my head for a while, which actually kind of made this stand out to me a little bit more. And then I was reading it, I was like, oh no, no, it's just. It's just that kind of sci-fi. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I actually, it, I mean, I say that so dismissively, but it's actually fascinating. Like, there are hundreds of different, like, little series like this that I'll probably never read because it's just not a, a thing that I'm really into. Like, I like really good science fiction and I like good genre stuff, but I've never been the kind of person that could, especially, like, I mean, at least at this point in my life, I really can't sort of, like, knock back and read, like, a, a B-level series. I just, I want something a little bit more for my time. But, like... It's just all like this creative output of of this guy who did these books for years, and there is something fascinating about about just what 
I don't know that these things exist to me, like in a sense that like there's all this stuff out there that, that, that this person that that hundreds of maybe like thousands of people read these books and like people probably have there are people who have really fond memories of them. And like for me, it's just like, oh, it's just another one on the pile. And but, you know, yeah, like it's interesting that like this was high enough profile that like there's a quote on the Wikipedia page from Theodore Sturgeon. Mm-hmm. Nice. Not a positive quote. (laughs) What's the quote? uh, I find nothing admirable or amusing about lies and double dealing. What slams the ultimate lid on the whole scam is Lalmersh slash Retief's lighthearted callousness towards one species or another of funny little green N-word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yes. Uh, so, Gauza. Uh, that puts kind of everyone involved in a, a less than positive light. Yes. Uh, Theodore Sturgeon has this. Has uh, um, Theodore Sturgeon has for the time some of the sort of most. Well, let me rephrase that. Uh, as a, a white science fiction author, hmm. uh, like a white, uh, as far as I know like Sizhet, American guy. Like, he has some very interesting progressive ideas. Like, he has this he has this one story called The World Well Lost, where um, these two aliens are on Earth, and, um, like, they're refugees from their, their, their country, their, their planet, and someone from their planet comes in and is like, oh, no, like, we need to, like, we need to arrest these. We need to extradite them. They're, like, they're sexual perverts. Uh, and what it turns out is that on that planet, there's like a big s- sexual dimorphism. So like like male and female just don't look alike. And it turns out that these two uh, on the run are homosexuals. And like the th- like the the end of the story is that like the hero lets them go to like go live a happy life elsewhere. Um, because like yeah, like whatever, like love is love. Uh, which for like a 1950-something story about homosexuality is i think pretty pretty good mm-hmm. uh yeah i think it, i mean the, not to defend the use of the word but i think in that era like it mm-hmm. like he was trying he was using it for a very clear rhetorical point mm-hmm. um and pr- still you know it's not best practices to use that word <laughs> yeah but like like it, i feel like in that especially like 1971 like they're like i i don't know it's a diff it's like it your mileage may vary but that to me is like yeah does it, and like the point he's trying to make is more interesting than his use of a word that he that like should not be used by yeah. by folks white folks mm-hmm. yeah that was man that was a that was in a published review <laughs> yeah yeah nice okay oh man we should read more sturgeon anyway mm. uh yeah, I want to like. I wish I had more to say about this one particular page. Um, I I feel that like, like, is there anything on like the sentence the sentence level that is interesting, or like we like we've talked about like he like there's definitely some craft and care here in making sure we understand that like Magnet is <laughs> a, a worm, mm-hmm. uh, and and Retief is uh, cool as a cucumber. Yeah, I do think. Again, it's interesting, as you mentioned, that um, that there's a monster in the room, but it's never mm-hmm. it's not the center of any attention mm-hmm. narratively. That really tells us something about how about like where the values of this are going to be. Mm-hmm. 
it really is fascinating that like like you you already pointed out the fact that the, the word said never comes up but he does like say rebuked mildly it's like mm-hmm. oh okay <laughs> that's 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 where we are we're uh <laughs> um but yeah it's like it has there's a very clear um even if it's not the most nuanced or like the most immediately interesting there is very it's very good like he does a great job of like immediately selling exactly who these people are and what the vibe is in the room <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah there there's also one there's one joke that i kind of like more than other jokes uh here where where magden the do something quick nothing rash of course uh <laughs> which like you know not a not a complex joke but mm. like i enjoy i enjoy that like uh like it, it's both kind of funny and like i think going to be uh indicative of like magden's personality and the problems that retief faces where like like, and the problems that Retief causes that apparently he has a reputation for. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does also set up a dynamic that um, they talk about in the Wikipedia page of the idea of Retief having to deal with superiors or bureaucrats who always want, like, who get in the way and, like, make everything more difficult. That's literally what's happening here is that, like, he's cool and collected. He understands the situation. The other guy's freaking out and demanding he do something and take care of the problem and all that stuff. And like the dynamic is very much, oh, okay, this is going to be, which again, it, like that's one of the values of comfort food. Mm-hmm. Like you go in, you know what this book's going to be. Mm-hmm. And like there can be a, a charm in that. Especially, I mean, if you're writing a long, a, run, a long running series, that's one of the reasons a long running series exists. But the fact that you can pick this up without having any knowledge of Retief and immediately grasp that, like I didn't, like I didn't even know a lot of that stuff like the fine details without looking it up, but like just reading it, it's very clear that the what's going on. And that's, that's impressive. That's like, that takes a certain level of craft because it doesn't actually, it doesn't stop and say Retief was the blah, 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 who did mm-hmm. this. And Magnan was blah, 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 who did this. It's like all done. And there is a certain clumsiness to doing it in dialogue, but he does it with a certain amount of craft. That's definitely competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely do find myself a little more interested in maybe some of the earlier, like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious how the earlier ones like i'm sure the short stories will have a similar uh economy of characterization let's say like mm-hmm. right you can only do so much in a short story especially i'm sure like the first one that introduces him is going to be uh pretty like lantern jawed uh in its depiction of him um but i don't know there there could be something here i mean if if you're curious you could also try his other series bolo about a group of self-aware tanks. Cool. <laughs> that's actually an like that's an interesting idea. Or a Saturday or a Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. I don't know which. <laughs> which starts with Bolo Annals of the Dinochrome Brigade. Wow. I mean, see now that's like is, and, and, and that's straightforward, <laughs> or is that satire? Mm-hmm. I can't. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what else to to really say about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, any, any final thoughts, Vin? Um, or, or Zach, if anything comes to you, I mean, I do really like that observation you made about the cover (laughs) being a giant alien, uh, as the background. Yeah. That made me like it a little bit more. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of those situations where like sometimes a cover will earn a book some extra leeway, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, it does seem like a very breezy read. So if I was in the mood for hmm? something almost pathologically light, <laughs> I could see trying it out. But 
as it stands, I'm not particularly drawn to the series at this particular moment in time. Just to double check, this this is currently in your collection? Oh, no, wait, we got this from someone else, right? Yes, this was a uh, listener submission. Oh, and a reminder to listeners to uh, submit. Hmm. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, on that on on that call for action, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, give us give us your book so that we can be stymied by them uh, mm. in in one way or another. Um, uh, Zach, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, I have a Patreon. Uh, just Google Z Handlin uh, or just patreon.com forward slash Z Handlin, where I am re- currently reviewing uh, Star Trek Voyager. I am in the sixth season, and I am also reviewing uh, the second season of Star Trek Lower Decks. And I'll probably be doing something else after that. Uh, it's mostly Star Trek right now, but I'm going to try and do, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I am also on Twitter at Z Handlin. And if you would like to see pictures of my cat, you can go to Instagram at Z Handlin as well. I'm very one note. Mm. Oh, and I, I'm also I'm currently reviewing Star Trek Strange New Worlds for Episodic Medium, which is a substack run by Miles McNutt. Um, which also has reviews of Better Call Saul by Donna Bowman, if you enjoyed those during the AV Club's uh, glory days. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Finn LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity, and you can find the games that I write at mrreciprocity.itch.io. And I've been your other host, Ben Blattberg. You can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. For show updates, corrections, and occasional bouts of actual research, subscribe to our monthly newsletter at monthly.darknightsreads.com. For everything else, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com. And we'll meet you back here next time, weather permitting.